Blog Talk Radio.
everyone, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and you can listen via phone or please use your Bluetooth if you're driving around. There are a whole lot of people out there looking for the man of their dreams, their perfect soulmate. Yet, with all the available means to meet people today, there's the Internet sites, speed dating, meetups, fix-ups through friends, coworkers, matchmakers, and, of course, moms trying to set you up. Most women are not exactly experiencing the unbridled joy they thought they would in their dating lives, and they come home, more often than not, totally disappointed. You know that old expression, you need to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. Well, my guest tonight is here to help you go through the minefield of dating in an easier and more meaningful way. And if you follow her process, it will probably be a shorter time from dud to dude. Author of the book, The Spiritual Girl's Guide to Dating, Your Enlightened Path to Love, Sex, and Soulmates, Amy Lee McCree is a spiritual dating and relationship coach and medical intuitive. Her life's mission is to help her clients and readers embrace their sacred selves through self-love and self-awareness. She has over a decade of experience as a workshop teacher and event speaker, helping women with spiritual wellness and deepening their there is self-understanding to take a more inspired approach to finding true love. Many of our clients have found a dating life that's enjoyable and fulfilling once they sift through their old dating patterns and tap into their inner reservoir of emotional safety and healing. She uses a combination of deep spiritual truths, joyful determination, and with perceptive insight, we can all shed our old baggage and emerge into the light of love. So thank you so much for joining me tonight, Amy. How are you being this evening? Hi, I'm I'm doing wonderfully. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're we're really happy to have you because there are a whole lot of people out there who need help with just this topic. And your book speaks to the soul, heart, and spirit that really should have always been the criteria in dating, but somehow kind of got missed along the way a little bit for a lot of people. But what I'd really like to talk about first is what was the catalyst to you writing this book? It's a good question. Um, I wrote The Spiritual Girl's Guide because I lived it. And I I created the system with myself as the guinea pig. I'm, <laughs> I'm also a medical intuitive, and I've been in practice for about 12 years. And one of the top questions people ask is always about their love life. And so, you know, I had lots of clients who shared their journeys with me over the years and asked me about that. And then I decided for myself that I needed a totally new paradigm because I had gotten kind of not fed up in an angry way, but just done with what I had been doing dating-wise. I was dissatisfied. So I decided to create a system 
of dating that I ended up calling spiritual dating. And by following the prescriptive knowledge that is now in the book, it led me to the emotionally healthy and satisfied place where I was happy, comfortable in myself, and then I met my soulmate husband that way. So I wanted to share that knowledge with well, that's great. so many people who wondered. And it's getting out there now because it is a it is a big seller and a lot of people are interested in just exactly what they can do to shorten the time span between dating all these people that really it's not going anywhere and finding somebody who really is compatible. And there are some Internet websites out there that probably do a better job than others at that, but... You know, it's a process, as you said, and in your book, you have a three-part process to go through. Would it be okay if we went over those? Sure. Um, I'm wondering which three-part process you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start with the first one because that's where people want to go. (laughs) They need to know, what do we do first? What do we do first? So the first thing that we do is we look at the fact that we're each sacred. And that whole concept of spiritual dating, what it really means is dating as if all people are sacred. And so the three-part aspect of it is yourself and then others and then your dates seeing you as sacred as well. So the first thing that we do is we need to integrate basically the sentence, I am sacred. So we need to do a lot of internal work usually to make that happen. And work sounds tedious. I wish I could just call it play. But we need Mm -hmm. to be aware and really start affirming that we are sacred and be aware of our choices and our behaviors and whether they are coming from that place of I am sacred. That's really the first step. And then that leads us down a road where we look at red flags we ignored in past relationships and we unravel our unmet childhood needs in the way that those things fueled our romantic choices and maybe are still fueling our romantic choices. Ultimately, to get to a place of self-love, which is the key a satisfying love life. So if you strengthen yourself to attract the best dates and have the most fun by choosing yourself, you foster that self-love and that's the key. You know, it's funny that you should say fostering that self-love because that's a really tough thing for women to do. We come out of the womb having to fight against all that society and media tells us is the way we should be, which is pretty much thin and Botoxed, which completely mm-hmm. eliminates our ability to find out who we truly are and how we can be our best selves. And because of that, people don't choose the best of themselves. Instead, they just choose something for show. You know, how does the person look? Is he handsome? Oh, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to go for. And that's a tough road because looks fade. But the sacred part of your life continues to grow and foster, as you said, and that's what keeps the relationship strong and healthy. And we all know all of this, but you put it in a process together so those who are dating can really integrate it into their lives. And 
like you said, that's the first part. That's probably the hardest part of the whole thing is integrating that belief that they are sacred. It's then I, and only I then. Think it is. Yeah, it's then and only then that they'll find the the match for them on a deeper level. And you know, as I'm going through the book, I'm reading it. And I'm thinking this is not just for dating, though. This is good for any relationship. Everybody should consider everybody else sacred. That's just how it should be. But we're not brought up that way. That, you know, I mean, yeah, be nice to people, do unto others, et cetera. But the word sacred really holds a whole different meaning. And I like the fact that you use that. I used it very deliberately for that reason. And and as I did write the book, that message strengthened because it really does convey something more than exactly what you said, than commonly held in in society right now as far as those beliefs and and we need that and i agree perhaps the most challenging part is that that self-love and seeing ourselves as sacred and then having all of our thoughts even all of our behaviors all of our self-talk reflect that and And that's it go ahead Oh, I was just saying that's huge, and I agree with you as well, that we don't necessarily get those messages from society and the media on a regular basis. No, what we get instead is if you, if, if you're, most of us were brought up where you can't think of yourself because it's selfish, you can't put yourself first because that's wrong, if you love yourself, you're narcissistic, seriously, people, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, if you don't love you, you can't expect anybody else to love you. You have to be happy with you. And so they changed the words and said, well, you have to be happy with yourself or you can't make somebody else happy. And although that's true, it really goes back to self-love, self-care, which is something women particularly don't do for themselves. They kind of let that be last. They take care of the kids and the husband and, and the parents. And if anybody calls on them to do, you know, volunteer for any kind of committees or anything or someone needs somebody to take care of their child, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. Where does the you part come into it? And and that's after the whole dating process. Before the dating process, just getting there, you're just trying to make yourself marketable, if you will. That's what we were brought up to do. Put yourself out there. You're a commodity. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I do, I do like to say this to women who are disenchanted with the dating scene and feel like there's a lot of superficiality that they're contending with. Everything being based upon looks and and you know status and money. There are people who aren't in that place. And for women especially, there are guys out there that aren't just going to see that, that are actually looking for a conscious relationship. And my mom told me once when I was lamenting if that person was out there for me while I was creating this process and living it, she said, you know, there only needs to be one person. I was saying, I don't know if there's any guys out there like that. There there aren't many, and how will I find them? And she said, there only needs to be one. You know, there's one right person for you at this time. And it's true. So, yes, the superficiality is out there. Yes, the the media and the messages we get, aren't always empowering, but if we make a choice to love ourselves and see ourselves as sacred, we can attract somebody who will do that as well. 
And and that leads us into step two, if, if we're ready to talk about that. Sure. So with spiritual dating, we see ourselves as sacred, and then we need to see others as sacred. And that means our behavior on dates and in relationships, but also in our daily lives, and really put that into practice. So the translation of that in our romantic life would be something like we go on a date and we know that, you know, this isn't the right person for us. We just have a feeling or the spark's not there, whatever it might be. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll call you or whatever, which I know it's common on both sides of the table with men and women, we see this other person as sacred and we honestly, kindly share where we're at with them. You know, making every choice comes from our recognition of the sacredness of ourselves and our date. And they can, you can do that with, you know, everything's in the presentation. It doesn't need to be harsh. It can be, you know, just a simple conversation that I'm having a really good time. I, I think would, we could be friends, you know, and people yes. hate that line. <laughs> they hate that I line. I know. <laughs> but it's true for people at times, and that's just the authenticity of it. I always say kindness is your mantra. You mm-hmm. know, kindness to yourself, kindness to others. If that, if you're coming from that space, then then it ends up working out, and people can hang with that if you're if you're really kind when you deliver that news. That is true, and it doesn't waste anybody's time. It doesn't make anybody feel like, oh, good, they're going to call, sitting by the phone, wondering what they did wrong. It's just right out there, it's done, and you get to go home and feel okay about it on both sides. Exactly. You know, exactly. so yeah, that that yeah. was a good thing. I, I liked that you included that as well. Now you did say yeah. that there, you know, there's only one. You only need to find one, and well, there not are only one. But you well, you no, only need to find one. <laughs> you only need one. the first one you find. Take them. <laughs> well, you know, there are, who you know. knows how many there are. They're, I'm not limiting it, but you only need to find one at you this only particular need to find time. One. Right. It's interesting that you say at this particular time because uh, everything, for me, everything is in divine time. And sometimes just because you're ready doesn't mean the person that is supposed to come to you is ready. But I do believe if you're ready and you are practicing your process and you are coming from your heart, you can hasten the process. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? I believe that if you're ready... If ever, if everything in your internal house is in order, so to speak, and um, you you're ready and the timing is right for you, I be, I really believe that soulmates, divine compliments are meant to find each other, and so that a soulmate or divine compliment will be ready when you are or soon, you know in a reasonable soon time frame to that. And and I I go so far as to say that our like whether we call it the energy of the universe or our guides or, or whatever, that that energy is conspiring us to bring us together with our true love. And I I believe that for a couple different reasons, including the fact that when two people come together who are are ready for a conscious, loving, sacred relationship, which doesn't mean it's not human, you know, there's always ups and downs, but mm-hmm. when two people come together in that space, 
and join forces, I, I believe the universal life force that flows through each of them gets exponentialized by that strength and support that they have in their union. And so I think it's a benefit to the universe for that to happen. And that's why when we're ready and the timing is right for us, that person will be there. And that's where patience comes in. (laughs) Yes, very true. And it's a challenge. I've lived it. And that's why I wrote this, as I told you. I mean, I can speak to that because I've lived it. I've, I've been in that space where I've wondered if the person exists and how I would find them and everything. You know, and it took... It took a few years for me of, like, consciously working through some of these, these well, all of these processes that you'll find in the book. And then synchronicity and timing and magic essentially intervened and brought me to the, the right person who was across the country from me. And it just, you know, it's funny because people will say, well, what if somebody's, you know, on the other side of the world? And, and in my head, I think, then there's going to be some kind of, if you're meant to meet, something will occur yeah. that brings you two together. Whether you meet in England, Australia, the United, wherever it is, something's going yeah. to happen. There will be a synchronistic event because if it's meant to be, it is meant to be. You just have to watch for the signs. Uh, yeah. But I think your process really helps people to get them where they need to be. And, yeah. you know, it's too bad that it isn't taught. But now it is. You've got the book, The Spiritual Girl Guide mm-hmm. to Dating. You know, so now that's the guidebook that everybody should get who's in the dating world to see how you can do it without following the the rules that have been placed before you by parents and, and friends and family and whatever. Uh, but there, one of the things that you mentioned well, just a few moments ago, you said, you know, there are some good men out there. But in your book, there are four men that we must avoid. So <laughs> what are their names? So that <laughs> Sure. Um, who are those guys? <laughs> the, the first of the, of the four. And I, I do want to preface this by saying, you know, if this is to to the listeners, if this is your brother or your friend or whomever, <laughs> There's no judgment implied here. It's just generalization. Um, So the first of the four is the separated and fancy-free guy. And that guy is still technically married. And he is separated for whatever duration of time. And he's out to sow his oats. But he comes a lot of times in the guise of somebody who is looking for a monogamous relationship to feel good about filling those oats. And there's nothing wrong with that if if you're conscious and aware of it and that's what you want. But on the other hand, if you're looking for lasting love and a life partner, this is not somebody that you want to partner with because they haven't finished the dance of separating, divorcing, and processing their their marriage. So you want to avoid that guy. Yep. Um, the second guy is the terminal bachelor. And the terminal bachelor is broken into two kind of categories. Um, the first of that is the the terminal bachelor who tells you 
He doesn't believe in marriage. Again, that's fine if you go into that consciously, but if you do believe in marriage and you want to be married and have a long-term partner, then you don't want to go go into a relationship with a terminal bachelor. Because as much as you might think, oh, I'll change his mind, you won't. <laughs> People don't change those things. And it's nope. funny that when, women will, will think this. We'll, we'll gloss over the facts and focus on an expectation that isn't realistic. Um, and we'll think, second, oh, it looks different for me. You know, I'll exactly. change. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The second aspect of the terminal bachelor is the the terminal bachelor who demonstrates that he he doesn't believe in marriage, whether he says it or not. And he may have, like, children with different women to whom he's never been married. And, you know, he's, let's say, like, over 50, never been married, which... In a rare case, might mean he hadn't found the right person, but if you have different bits of evidence that show you that, never been married at a, you know, at an age that is old enough that it would make you wonder, like 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. or over, and children with different women who he never married, who maybe he was in relationship with, you'll say to yourself, this person hasn't chosen to marry in all these situations. The reality of this situation is he probably will still not choose that. And the potential mm-hmm. that he might isn't enough for you to stake your, your heart on. If even if, you are even if he doesn't have kids. Right. Even if he doesn't right. have even kids. There's no, this sure. person does not understand the commitment of responsibility. You might That's a red flag, big. Right, <laughs> or they don't choose to make that commitment, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's yep. something to look at. So that's three. And the fourth, is the the cheater who is also known as the low self-esteemer. And so things that will tell you uh, that the cheater is in fact the cheater would be, for example, someone proclaiming that they had cheated on every girlfriend they, they had been with. And why would a woman go forward and date this person? I don't know, but I did it when I was 18. So we do yeah, you were it for 18. some reason. Right, but even then, I mean, even then, you should kind of get it. But no, no offense, you're a stupid kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, eighteen-year-olds are stupid. It's just you know, you did it because you believed what they told you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and the cheating behavior seems to come from low self-esteem, and it comes in two forms: either the alpha male, who each conquest is a validation of his his ego or his his arrogance, and he's addicted to that. He needs to keep getting that. So, yes, he'll have the conquest in you, but then he needs to keep having these conquests to keep his self-concept intact. The second form of that is the shy person. Like, And not that it's bad to be shy, but the person whose self-esteem is so low that they can't imagine they're good enough to get any girl to date them, then they date you or whomever the day somebody gives them a little bit of confidence and then they too become addicted to the validation of that and so they seek it out with others and they're cheating on the initial person from a place of deeply low self-esteem and these those two types of cheaters they just don't have that internal foundation to to 
respect you and be in an honorable relationship with you because their self-consciousness is so deficient. So if you can spot those people beforehand and not date them, you'll do yourself a big favor. Absolutely. And if you read the book, mm-hmm. you'll understand it even more because it goes into more depths and you'll you'll be able to probably learn to spot them pretty much. And you know what? If it is your brother or your father or an uncle or a cousin, recognize it. Start using people in your family mm-hmm. so you know what it looks like so you can say, uh-uh, I don't want that. <laughs> you That's know, you true. don't have to have that. Yeah. Look That's at it and see who do, who do I know that is this person and then see how they are and think, oh, yeah, if I get that gut feel, because your gut will tell you a lot. Your guidance system is a wonderful thing to use. Use that tool when you meet people. It will not it will not bring you down the wrong road. It will always guide you to the right place. We're talking with Amy Lee McCree, author of The Spiritual Girl's Guide to Dating, Your Enlightened Path to Love, Sex, and Soulmates. And you can learn more about her at her website, spiritualgirlsguide.com. Let's continue with the conversation here. You talk about natural law. Now, we know about the law of attraction, and we know about all these other laws that are out there, but some people are not very familiar with what is natural law. Can we review that? Absolutely. To me, um, natural law is helping all and harming none. And it's doing whatever is for the highest good of all life or really endeavoring to do that. And another component of natural law is whatever we put out, we receive back threefold. So those things to me are part of what makes the universe go round, I guess. What what do you think about that? Is that similar to your definition or Yeah, and I absolutely agree about the part of 3. As a matter of yeah. fact, um when you are when I am, I shouldn't say you or even the universal you, when I am giving thanks, I will say thank you, thank you, thank you in triplicate because I think it really, the first time you set and say an affirmation, you're saying it. The second time you're putting feeling into it and the third time it's kind of like you're sealing it. And you really need to put feeling into these things. People don't necessarily do that. But if you say right. things in triplicate, it, it kind of fosters that feeling from your heart, which is basically what you're talking about, living from your heart and and mm-hmm. learning from your heart, seeing from your heart, finding that other person from your heart. And, you know, it's funny because uh, um, a lot of people will talk about, like, the law of attraction and say, well, you know, this was, uh, you know, I drew this in, I brought this in, this came to me, it was attracted to me. I don't think that's necessarily how it works. I'm not going to, I met somebody who was explaining this to me, and I loved what she said. She said, T, I'm not going to give enough intelligence to that other thing, whatever it is that's coming to me. It's me. I'm being brought to it. And I love that. Ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm being brought to it. It is not coming to me. I am the the one that's pulling myself in that direction. And when you think about that, that makes sense. So if people are doing your process in the book, they're going to be bringing themselves closer. That's why I think you can hasten it. Because as you grow, you are bringing yourself closer to that other person. There's still divine timing involved. That other person might not be ready. They might be in the process of getting a divorce, and and that needs to be over before they can move forward. You just don't know. But if you hang in there and you have the patience, it will come to you. You just can't lose the faith, and you have to know that you're being drawn to it rather than it is coming to you. That is a really cool concept. Isn't it? I thought it was it neat, really too. Is. I liked I like it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot better than I'm drawing this stuff in because you really, when, when I thought about it after I talked to her, I thought, that makes a lot more sense. It really does because you're mm-hmm. you're the driver. 
you're the driver of your being, you know, and if you're driving yourself, how can something be brought to you? You can't. You're, you're the one. I, I really hear you on that. I like it, and I agree. And and I know in my life I've certainly experienced the power of that, but I never framed it that way. Yeah, I didn't either. And I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very, very cool, very cool that yeah. she said that. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, it made it changes the perspective of so many things because when you realize that that other person that you're looking for is driving too, so exactly. you're kind of to each other to have that head-on collision that you want. <laughs> right. You only have to want that, you know. Right. <laughs> it's not really a collision, but that's what you want. You're drawing yourself. You're you're driving yourself to that person. That person's driving themselves to you, and that's true of everything. You know, relationships or jobs or even health. Everything. You're you're bringing yourself toward whatever it is. I really, yeah, I did. I, I liked that a lot. And um, and I do like the uh, the fact that things, I believe things come back in triplicate, if not more. Absolutely. You know, sometimes things Absolutely. can come back tenfold. Mm-hmm. And it's energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all, it's all the dance of energy for sure. It's not always literal. Sometimes I think people get a little bogged down in that, but... But natural law is a beautiful thing, too, to think that, you know, helping all and harming none. And we all endeavor to do that, and we all all do well with it, and sometimes we don't, you know, whether it's things we're not conscious of or whatever. But, But if that's your intention, I think it brings your life into what I call proper universal alignment. And... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And that's and that's the place you want to be. I mean, when you think of it proper universal alignment, if you think of it energetically, it's like literally your core channel and your vital life force moving in, in alignment and, and being in the right balance. And then that just kind of resonates out through your life. And in your book, you do have an affirmation that says, I'm not going to remember this right, I bring myself into proper alignment, universal alignment? It's it's actually just saying proper universal alignment Alignment. three times. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. say it, proper universal alignment, proper universal alignment, proper universal alignment. And you actually feel a straightening and a strengthening, I, I think, in your energy body with that. You do, because that's early mm-hmm. on in the book, too. It's like within the first 20 pages. When mm-hmm. I read that, I said, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I'm an energy therapist, so I'm going to do it. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. This works. And, and of and course, you can feel it. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no yeah. doubt you can feel a shift. You can, add, and, and, again, you can do that all day long every day. If you say that every day, that's going to draw you closer. Just Absolutely. that alone will draw you closer. So when you, when you start going through this book and you have, you know, that at the very beginning and you say that, and then you start to go through the other exercises, I can see from doing them that it's cumulative. Yes. And you will, there's no doubt in my mind, I, I mean, I'd want to do a test, <laughs> you know, and see, okay, who's who's out there who's been having trouble and see how long it takes if they absolutely follow the book, doing absolutely everything. I would think that within a month they'd meet somebody, if not sooner. Wow, that would be really fast. That's an awesome Don't, endorsement. But, well, 
first of all, the first thing that did it, i got to find that page. It was within the first 20. I think it was on page 14. Why do I think that? Because I wrote it down somewhere. No, it's page 15. Saying out loud three times, proper universal alignment, and put the feeling into it. Feel yourself aligning. Say proper. Don't think proper universal alignment, proper universal alignment, proper. You can't do that. You can't throw it. You have to feel it. Mm-hmm. But that's true of absolutely everything. You just can't throw things out there. Even when you say thank you and say, oh, thanks. You know, people are like, yeah, okay, you're welcome. Because it's just a common word. Right. But it's person, better than it's nothing. But... Right. But if you really look at somebody and say thank you and they know you mean it, they feel better, mm-hmm. you feel better, and you just raise two vibrations. Exactly. If you say proper universal alignment and your body feels it, you'll know. You'll know by the way you're saying it and thinking it and pulling it in because you're pulling in universal life force energy and you're saying it and your body is saying, oh, okay, because your body will do what it's told. You just got to tell it what to do. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy, but you know. <laughs> it is, but it's but it's a new concept for a lot of people. And one of the things I do in my dating coaching is for people who are going through this process, I have them write, make a little poster that says "I am sacred" and post it above their bed. You know, they read it every day. They infuse that energy into their cells. If we read something, if we say something aloud, even more so, we are programming ourselves. Very true. And it's interesting yeah. to put it above the bed. I think so because it's just about that area of life, you know, so it's mm-hmm. a good spot to have it. And and also you see it in the morning and at night that way. Yes. And what's interesting so. is the concept of sacred space. I've had that in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Years, years and years and years. And my master bedroom is sacred space. You don't fight there. Mm-hmm. You don't have harsh words there. The moment yeah. you step over that threshold, I don't care if you're fighting like cats and dogs in the rest of the house. The moment you step over that threshold, all bets are off. That is sacred yeah. space. This is where you love. And you see all these things on TV. You know, people have a fight. Then they go into the bedroom and the husband's thinking he's going to get some action. The wife's like, what, are you kidding me? I just had a fight with you. Well, you know what? He's not kidding you. He needs to know he's still loved. You need to know you're still loved. You can make love that night and then the next morning get up and fight all you want. But in that space is where you commune. That is sacred space. I love that. It's always been a rule in my house. (laughs) I love that. I, I, I would use that in my own marriage. That's awesome advice. Yeah, because... No matter what, you married this person, and at that level, you still love each other. The stuff you're fighting about is human. The it stuff is. you're communicating about is not. Very, very, very true. I you know, totally so agree. Mm-hmm. I like that you said put that over the bed. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good place to start because so many people just fight and fight and fight, and then, you know, they don't really take any anything into consideration other than the fact that we're having a fight. I'm not speaking to you. That's it. It's, you know, it's really sad. But if you have mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot more things can, you can grow from it together. So Absolutely. I'm really glad that put that over your bed and make sure that you know that you're sacred because that is really treating you and your spouse or the person you're dating, the person you're living with. I don't care if it's casual sex. You're treating them with, with sacredness. Right. You still have to be sacred. Right. I I love that. It's interesting because I intended that more for single people. You know, they go to their bed and it's their cocoon and their oasis and it's I am sacred and then that helps them make choices 
in that realm maybe to not have casual sex if it's not going to be emotionally enhancing for them. But right. your spin on it, as far as relationships and marriages, is huge. I mean, to the point where it got me thinking maybe it would be good for couples who cohabitate to have a we are sacred sign over over their bed. Absolutely. I, yeah. I might even do that. I think that's a really great idea. I never thought of it before. You can go to wallwords.com and have it burnished so you can burnish it on your wall in vinyl letters. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I always made it, it like cool. a poster, but that's even better. Oh, no. Pick pick something, you know, get those, because then it looks like it's, it's painted on the wall. It's very pretty. <laughs> cool. That's a great idea. That's wallwords.com. <laughs> wallwords.com. They didn't know they were getting advertised today. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Yeah, no, no. And Blog Talk Radio will probably be like, what's she doing? She can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> it's conversational that's all it is that's right it is but it's also a reminder like you said it is a true mm-hmm. reminder it's a true reminder oh, yeah, of who you is. are and who you're with and what the sacredness is of that relationship and and it is good to be in your own cocoon and realize that you are sacred and if putting that over your bed if you're single then do that so that you know who yeah. you are because you are special you are sacred you are not what you were brought up to be if you were not told that you know, right. and and I think that helps people at a soul level and gets them into a much more spiritual place so that they will meet the person that they're meant to be with quicker. But your book absolutely does that. Again, it's um, The Spiritual Girl's Guide to Dating, Your Enlightened Path to Love, Sex, and Soulmates. And you can learn more about Amy Lee McCree at spiritualgirlsguide.com as well. This is a great, I hate to call it a guidebook because, and I don't want to call it a workbook, because, but you have to do it. You really should do It's a process. You really need to follow the process, and you will get big, big results. I, I would bet. I would bet. I, I think so. I've certainly gotten numerous correspondences, you know, emails and things from people who have had really good results with it. And, and you know, to make it low pressure, if you don't do all of it right away in sequence, you're still going to have some really good results by picking and choosing even that, you know, energetically will really transform things. Sure. So, Even just mm-hmm. thing, you know, proper yeah. universal alignment. And that can be in any area of your life. But I'm just thinking if you want to speed things up, you know, go forth and do it at a pace mm-hmm. that works and see what the results are. Because I think it really well. Now, one of the things you talk about in there, it was interesting, and I'd like to, to you to explain to the listeners what it's all about. Separation of karmic attraction from true connection. That was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a heady topic because mm-hmm. I think maybe all of us, if we look back at certain past relationships, would be able to make more sense of them at, under this this framework of Sometimes attraction is actually karmic, and there's karmic fuel that's left over from lives that we've lived with this person, literally, or even kind of figuratively in the sense of the collective unconscious. You can think of it either way. And there's karmic fuel left over, and that still needs to be burned off. And and some people would say that, you know, that karma needs to be balanced, Sometimes it's that and sometimes it's just there's this karmic fuel. How many times have people been in relationships where there's an instant attraction and there's all this kind of connection but there's issues and then at some point the the flame just goes off 
like the karmic fuel burned out. Mm. And a lot of times that means we've balanced whatever we need to balance with that. And in the book I talk about how that's an inefficient way for us to balance our karma. When we're conscious, we can balance our relationship karma through a process I have in the book, which is basically just a meditation and stating some different decrees or affirmations. And then we balance it, and then we take that out of the equation so we don't walk around and fall into relationships or attract relationships with people we need to balance karma with. Because those are oftentimes not the relationship we're looking for because they have, you know, stuff that still needs to be worked out. And we kind of want to pick a relationship for our long term that's going to be balanced and holistic and happy. And, yeah, and, and in order to, to do that, I mean, sometimes I think people don't realize they're in a, well, most of the time I'm going to say, people don't realize that karma is at play. At least not till after. I know yeah. as I observed it in my own life and in younger years, I really didn't know until after the fact typically that it was a karmic relationship. But then it would have then it would be like, Oh, that makes so much sense, you know? And and I definitely see that with clients over the years as well. The the powerful thing is balancing that karma and then really choosing a different path, being conscious and doing whatever we need to do with our karmic energy outside of our relationships, getting it done efficiently, and then being open to really balanced, healthy relationships that are only going to enhance us. I think, too, I have a friend who recently had a past life regression, and... Mm. It was interesting because a previous boyfriend that she has in this life, had in this life, was a husband in her prior life. Mm-hmm. And in this life, he was very controlling, yeah. almost like a stalker at some points. And until she, had that, until she had that regression, she didn't realize that it was a karmic relationship. And then she could just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> And it was yeah. like she changed within minutes. She just was, it was so phenomenal to see the difference. And you know what? It's not, I'm not afraid of him anymore. And it That's really, awesome. yeah, there was a sense of freedom there for her. And that was very, very cool to see that happen mm-hmm. um, because she didn't know it was karmic at all. She had no well, idea. Sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes people we don't, don't, but. People don't really think of things that way. You know, no. they don't think it's, yeah, it's a karmic thing or it could have been anything like that, which is interesting. Now, I, I'll ask you a question, and we kind of touched on it a little bit before, and you were talking about soulmates and divine compliments. You, I do not believe that we each have only one soulmate, and I believe you can have soulmates of every type, female, male, whether you're female or male. I don't believe it's just one person. What do you believe? I'm I'm along the same lines as you with that. I I believe soulmates are our soul family, and so we have lots of them. And they're sometimes they're romantic partners. Sometimes they're our our actual biological family. Sometimes they're friends. Sometimes they're acquaintances that we have a, a you know instant connection with, and the whole gamut. Um, and sometimes soulmates make great 
romantic long-term partners. Sometimes twin flames do. Twin flames, I believe, are two, and this gets a little bit esoteric, but I believe that we have like an inner core life force that has streams that I call life streams that are unique to us and they're woven together to make our sort of soul flame. And so our twin flame has a match to that, usually an exact match or a close match. And so we have this extra resonance because for whatever reason we have these life streams which are kind of like universal energy strands and components. There's a, And I feel there's like an infinite amount of them, but at the same time there's, you know, a few people typically or however many, but it could be a lot that have the exact same makeup and there's a resonance there. So to me that's a twin flame. Sometimes twin flames make great romantic partners, although a lot of times twin flames push each other's butts. And they bring about change in each other's lives. And then we have our divine complements, which are kind of like our twin flames and more. We have the same resonance as far as those energetic soul strands. But we also have the balanced side. So if a soul strand had a polarity, like a negative or a positive polarity, we have the, the matching one. And both divine complements in a in a romantic divine complement relationship have the balanced set of the soul strands. And so the resonance is there, similar to the twin flame, but there's a balance there. And that's kind of like what I think sometimes we think of as the soulmate relationship is actually the divine complement relationship. Although, as I said, soulmates, oftentimes with great romantic partners. Um, And divine compliments, I think we have, probably we do have more than one. I think they can be a little bit rare. But I've met, um, for myself personally, like I feel my husband is that. But I've met a few other people in my life who I also felt were that, who weren't romantic partners and weren't of the, you know, right kind of situation to be that so so that's my take on it it's probably different from a lot of people but that's how I view it is that you know, it's similar to yours yeah and 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 I've thought about you know I've often thought do people actually when they ultimately get married are they mm-hmm. marrying someone who is either a soulmate a divine compliment or a twin flame across the board you know what I mean Right. Or is that person always one of those three? Because you wouldn't marry them if there wasn't you wouldn't something think, yeah. there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, most people, I mean, there are people who get married for the money. Okay, that's not going to sure. be one of those three, you know. But that's not the common. That Most people mm-hmm. go into a marriage thinking this is it forever, and then unfortunately, you know, they something happens down the road and there's a divorce that's happening, right. which brings me to, you know, again, the sacredness of a marriage and everything. Both people have to work at it. Both people have to make it work. It's not Absolutely. up to one person. And if uh, people have said, well, you know, when you get married, it's unconditional love. It's like, not really. Because not, if it were unconditional love, there wouldn't be divorces. 
I, 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 ideally you know, it is, right, right. Ideally it is, yeah. But, you know, ask any woman whose husband comes home and has cheated on her three or four times, she caught him. After a while, she's going to give up that, that unconditional love oh, and absolutely. the love will change. You know, so there can't be unconditional love with that. I think the only relationship that has true unconditional love is probably parent to child and not mm-hmm. even child to parent. You no, know, and that's not. it. I agree. Yeah. And that's if you get good parents. So, you and know, pets. even that... And pets, yeah, yeah, absolutely pets. And that's two ways, so that's really cool, you know. And yeah. <laughs> that is, if it's and it's good practice pet. for for your romantic relationship with pets and and with children to to bring yourself into that space. And I agree. I think that takes attention and and effort to say I'm going to make a conscious effort to unconditionally love my spouse as long as they're treating me with the same love and kindness. I mean, if someone's cheating on you, right. don't do it, obviously. But, you know, if if you have a good relationship and there's little, you know, everyone has little things that come up, making that conscious decision to unconditionally love is, I think it's a spiritual decision and it's powerful. And Absolutely. it's very challenging at certain times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it can be, and that's because we're human, and we have to yeah. remember to take the ego out and just yeah. realize that, okay, I, I married this person because, and as long as they're not doing something that's outside of the parameters of what you both agreed with, you know, then there's right. there's forgiveness, there's respect, there's kindness, there's love, there's joy, and you can have all that. But what it comes down to, and you mention it in your book, is awareness, and just being aware that, okay, I need to stop because we're not going to have this fight. This is stupid. We're fighting over something mm-hmm. stupid. Really choose battles. Just have that awareness and remember why you married that first person in the first place or why you're dating that person, what attracted to you to that person, why you're in the relationship you're in. But in order to get there, deal with yourself first and know that that's, you are setting up these parameters for you so you will be treated well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes us to part three of spiritual dating, which is, first of all, part one was seeing yourself as sacred. Part two is seeing others as sacred. And part three is dating people who see themselves and you as sacred. Exactly. And it doesn't mean religion. We're not talking religion here at all. This is nothing nothing to do with religion. So many people are like, well, the same religion. It's like absolutely not. I don't care if, you know, uh, if it's the blue moon religion. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you have the sacredness and the respect between each other. Who cares? Who cares? Absolutely. It's semantics. There's God. There's Allah. There's Abraham. There's Ra. All these people. Muhammad. Come on. Jesus Christ, it's pretty much this, we all believe in the same thing, we just call it something different. <laughs> Absolutely, it's so true. It's Universal very, very true. Matter. What do you think yeah. is the, or what would be, the best thing for somebody to do right now, the one thing they can do right now, other than buying your book, which I think everybody who's listening should go out and get, because if you're if you're trying to date and you're having problems, this is going to help you tremendously. What is the one thing they can start to do now, today, to to put them in the direction they need to drive themselves? Well, that's a great question, and not to be redundant, but I think they post the I Am Sacred poster over their bed, and they repeat that affirmation. Um, I do like to say affirmations in threes as well, Mm -hmm. just like you do, three times a day or more, 
do that affirmation, you know, say it in a chunk of three, but at least once or twice a day. And then also um, start journaling and make a list of all the wonderful things about themselves. Start with that and just begin to strengthen themselves that way. Because they can integrate integrate themselves. And and I'd like to add Mm -hmm. to that. When they say the um, I am sacred, I am sacred, I am sacred, then I think they should follow it up with proper universal alignment, proper universal alignment, proper universal alignment, because that really, 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 really will, it lines you up completely. You can feel the shift in your body. It is a physical feeling. It is a physical feeling. And if they do that, yeah, then, then the journaling and writing is great. And you're setting an intention out to the universe saying, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm looking for. And you can make it as long as you want. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, journaling and doing the sacred and everything. Everything, people, is in this book. You just have to go get the book. (laughs) It's very simple. (laughs) And, And we're almost at the top of the hour, so I am going to ask you to please tell everyone how they can find out more about you and where they can purchase your book. Absolutely. Um, The book is in bookstores everywhere. It's on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. You can go to my website to get in touch with me and also to connect with the book, uh, SpiritualGirlsGuide.com. There's a a way to buy the book on there as well. And people can connect with me on the site as well, SpiritualGirlsGuide.com. I have the Ask Amy advice column where you can send in your dating questions. And um, I do spiritual dating and relationship coaching. You can find out all about that on there. I have a free report up now that goes into more detail about the uh, three men to avoid that we kind of discussed today, but there's a little bit more to it. So you can read about that. It's a little ebook you get. And, yeah, there, that's the place. That's where you find me. And you can find my contact info there, but it's also askamy at spiritualgirlsguide.com. That's great, Amy. Thank you again. I really appreciate your taking time to come on the show and enlighten us with your wisdom and expertise. It's a great book. Anybody who needs to, to really get into the dating world and, and thinks that, oh, my gosh, I've done it. No, you haven't because you haven't done it using this source. So get the book, and, and you'll do a much better job. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much. I I enjoyed it very much. I appreciate being on the show. Oh, thanks. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 o'clock Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and mark your calendar now so you'll remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantum-wellness-center.com. That's quantum-wellness-center.com. You'll find a lot of information on that site, different things that are happening throughout the year, so go ahead and check that out. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Take care and stay well. And remember, living from your heart is so very easy. You need only give thanks to do it. Have a great night.